You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's his been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go my back. Welcome to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. And we are a Camelo Stanthony podcast, but occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, how are you doing today? I'm all right, Pete. How are you doing? Uh, I am... Was was doing better last week, I'll say, because, you know, there was much more hope for an NBA season or end of a season. And then this week... Uh, Kyrie's flat earthness has gotten all over the NBA and uh, and their plans to to play in in Orlando. Yeah, we were a little skeptical last week um, just because who knows what's going on and what's going to even happen tomorrow. And it seems like Kyrie is serving a good function, I think, in terms of you know, bringing up sort of practical concerns and maybe voicing a population of the NBA that really just does not want to do this. But it's also been interesting to see other players, you know, disagree. Um, Kyrie won't be playing either way. And uh, some of these players, you know, people have always been willing to risk their lives for money. Um, some of these players want to play for the cash. Some of these players want to play because they think it'll bring relief to the country and some of them play because they think it will give them a platform to in which they can address what's going on right now. So I feel like I kind of get where everyone's coming from, but I still think that it's so dangerous that it's probably just better not to do it at all. Yeah, I agree with what you were saying. And and I should have rephrased what I was saying at the top of the show. Like the fact that is it is still there are so many questions about covid and the world today and what it's what really is going to happen when you put you know whatever 22 teams of nba players and staff and families all in this disney world bubble like what is going to happen did we challenge this did we did we look at this uh, you know analytically or critically uh before going into it the thing that like is just it's so unsurprising that it's Kyrie like heading this and i feel like if it was anyone else somehow maybe just me personally would take this argument more seriously. It's just, I guess I'd have a hard time believing like, why is it all of us? Like why were the star were like the stars of the NBA, not at this table at this conversation. Was this just like LeBron and the NBA owners being like, we needed an NBA season. And, you know, even like the other stars of the NBA weren't a part of this discussion to make this Orlando bubble. Was there not maybe details of the Orlando bubble weren't necessarily shared to the players and that's on the league. And that's obviously not cool. That's not something you want, but it's like, you can't, like you said, Kyrie's not playing. So Kyrie's like, I guess I, I don't know. I, 
it, it lends itself to a lot of Kyrie conspiracy theories about what is his true intent here. And I'm sure it's, it's all good. And I'm just being a dick uh, about spreading these, these possible other ulterior motives that Kyrie has, but you can't help but wonder if Kyrie's, you know, trying to uh, rid or, or keep LeBron from winning yet another championship without him. I think this is what Kyrie gets for the flat earth shit. Um, and you know, some of the other stuff, it is right to be skeptical of someone who dismisses, um, agreed upon scientific facts and, you know, just sort of like common sense interpretations of the physical world. Um, especially if they're observable and you can, you know, like do experiments to prove them, but what, whatever, this is what Kyrie gets. I mean, if you've never said any of that stuff, then people would obviously... Have you seen yeah. the Edge of the Earth? I, you I mean, know, exactly. Okay. And like, you know, and if he was just trolling when he did that, then this is still what you get. You know, like this is he tarnished himself and his reasoning by talking about flat earth theory. And so now he people will remember that and they'll wonder, you know, why do you believe in one thing and not the other? He's not being consistent, but nobody is. And, you know, maybe he just said a stupid thing and it snowballed and whatever. The point is that what he brought up are valid points Yes, and they should be addressed. And if that's what the union is supposed to do, like when you sit down and discuss this stuff, like these are what people are supposed to talk about. So you know, one wonders if this had leaked out, whether, you know, like anyone would really have, or if we didn't know which player had said, had brought these things up, like would people have minded? Some people might've been like, oh yeah, that's a good point. Um, the NBA, even if they advance, they're not going to make players play. If you don't feel no. safe and you don't want to go, you don't have to, that's fine. And you'll still get paid, I believe. Um, but it's, uh, I think more than the Kyrie and the practical stuff, it's interesting to see what some players think they can do with this opportunity. Um, And not just, you know, to get paid, even though everybody wants to get paid and everybody wants to be working, Uh, but more like, why do we play basketball and why do people like watching basketball and what does basketball mean to the larger society? And I am sympathetic to the players who are like, no, this is our chance to, you know, propel the conversation and keep interest going and use the NBA to advance BLM and to advance some of the other um, marches and protests and ideas that are going around like defund yeah. right now. Yeah, but, no. And I think that's, I think you're right. Like I, <clears throat> I mean, we saw, obviously there, the NBA's already had a history of this. I know there was the, I can't breathe shirts back in, when were those do you remember it was when garner was a couple years ago yeah yeah which is also just like absurd that like literally the exact same phrase has been as just anyways we don't need charleston was five years ago charlottesville was good god we don't need to go in all that but the nba certainly has precedent the players have a precedent of, of doing this and i mean we saw it with kobe where you had you know the teams doing uh opening game opening tip-off possession they you know let the clock run out as a moment and a tribute Mm -hmm. and so you know i agree with the idea that you're going to be arguably the only sport on tv that everyone's watching let's bring it back as safely as possible but and then players using that platform as a way to uh to really you know continue this movement and this discussion yeah i mean some of the 
big guys, you know, like I, I don't want to project, but I would wonder if some of the, you know, elite players like LeBron and Giannis and Chris Paul are like, we owe it to the sport and we owe it to our fans. Um, and we should try to do this if we can safely. Uh, because they're the heralds of the sport, you know, like they're the sport is them really. They are responsible for it. And I wonder if there's, you know, like we don't want to just cancel the season right away. We want to see if we can make it work. We want to try. And if we can't, then we won't, but to not even try maybe doesn't sit well with some of the players. Um, you know, like, I don't really want to talk about the money stuff. I, who knows even what will end up happening, but I imagine that the NBA won't have to close its doors, you know? So like, I'm pretty sure everything will be fine, even if a season doesn't occur. And, um, it would be just devastating if someone, if this did happen and someone got sick or God forbid died, like it just wouldn't be worth it. And so so I don't know. It's a it's a tough question, and this is not the only union and management dispute like this going on in the country. It's going on everywhere, um, yeah. and the players do have more power in this regard than you know a regular union. So maybe that's another reason why they want to try to get as much out of management as they can, just as an example for some of the other lesser known smaller unions out there. Yeah. Uh- I can't say one positive thing that's come out of this whole Orlando, you know, other than hopefully ultimately basketball, but currently this Orlando plan is the fact that Shams tweeted this out uh, um, on, on Tuesday afternoon. The fact that the Disney hotels for the players, have you seen this, Hmm. that it's based on seating that the best, the best teams get the best hotels, which is just incredible to me. That's such a great thing to come out of this that like, yeah, I guess it makes sense on some small level, but it's also just hilarious to me that like you get prioritized better hotel accommodations. If you are a higher seed, uh, which I have no idea if that's like actually true. There's no way that that that's actually true. Like in the actual NBA, if you were having an actual playoff series, but I just think that that's a hilarious little thing to like come out of this where they're like, wow, we got to figure out hotels and there's only so many hotels in Disney and you know, Disney tiers their hotels and you know, someone in the back's like, what if we did it by, by seating? And it's like, great. The Bucks, Lakers and Raptors and Clippers are all like, yeah, we're in. We love this idea. We'll take the best hotels. And the wizard's like, oh shit. So right now, we'll know which hotels Disney actually considers yeah. good and which it considers oh, trash. I can tell you the top <laughs> the top seeds go to the Grand Destino, and then the Grand Floridian gets the middle tiers, and then the Yacht Club gets the uh, gets the bottom of the barrels. The guys who aren't even in the playoffs yet. I love it. I mean, it's funny that <laughs> like we're talking about tiers, and the lowest one is the Yacht Club. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, also, the uh, amenities, you know. There's going to be a player-only lounge with 2K TVs and games, 24-hour VIP concierge. But this is the other thing. It's going to be like Biodome. Like, all these guys are going to be shut in with each other. Like, you're not allowed to have visitors for a while. This is just such a grand experiment that you can see going wrong in a lot of different ways. What if instead of an NBA season, what if uh, 
what if the NBA just filmed this? What if this just became a reality show and we just watched NBA players living in right. this like Disney dome and just like their own interactions and everyone kind of like forming cliques and kind of all the drama that comes. It's like real housewives of Beverly Hill, but real NBA players of Orlando, Florida. Like I, I would watch the living shit out of that show. Yeah, it would be funny to see, but everybody, it seems like are friends. Like, I don't think it would turn, it would devolve into some like I don't know, real I think world or big throw brother Kyrie thing. in there and all kinds of shit's going to go haywire. Yeah, I don't know. It, like, are he and KD even allowed to go? I like, would have to if think you that they know would not you're want not, to go. I mean, like, I, I guess was, like you get to be on the bench and cheer, go. but like if you don't I'm need not, to be there. Yeah. Who would be the NBA player that if you threw that you if you threw into the biodome would would be a spark that would ignite everything? Who? <laughs> I mean, the eighth grader born ready. Let's see. Uh, who? Well, who out of the eight teams? I mean, you have you. Have, mm. Well, so the eight teams not in that. I mean, so I feel like Russell right. could be could be a, a, a feather ruffler. But maybe everyone's all. Maybe that's only on the court and off the court. He's like kind of bully bully with everyone. Yeah, and he knows so many players around the like league who's already. Just a complete and utter dick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, would Draymond? Would Draymond be in? Uh, question mark. I feel like Draymond like has talked a bunch of shit about everyone, especially during this off season where there's been a lack of content. He's just decided to take it upon himself to like create all content but it's all been like with older players like he's had his beef with charles barkley and and all of that kind of stuff maybe we just throw charles barkley into the into the biodome right it's funny because this is coming on the heels of the mj doc so it's like if everyone shows up trying to be mj like i'm just trying to get you to get better i just want you to want to get better <laughs> but everyone thinks that they're the mj and no one thinks that they're scotty pippen or steve kerr <laughs> that was that i'm here for yeah everyone's just like trying to better everyone around them while they're not yet this, this would like, be scenarios that i could get around who's I feel terribly like, furious yeah i don't know and that's the thing i feel like tens- tensions have certainly or not tensions have, have lowered but certainly it's just like i feel like in life we've grown a greater appreciation for our fellow person you know through these through these last three months so i feel like probably most of the beef that was happening during the season has been squashed that's why i think if you were to introduce people into this biodome that would really kind of spice things up it would have to be like you know retired players it'd be like charles barkley or mj or i don't know guys who who are sick and tired of this generation being like where are the best right this week's crudgy old man (laughs) to uh, come and tell you how to really play Exactly. This is way delayed because this whole like little Twitter moment way past us, but we weren't recording the podcast at the time. I do have to quickly mention before we get to like kind of what we're actually going to be doing today. Uh, I do have to mention that the, this whole, this whole moment that NBA Twitter had about prime Shaq versus prime Draymond and fucking warriors fans or dumbass fans being like prime Draymond would shut him down. It's like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. You guys are idiots prime shack would eviscerate draymond eviscerate draymond draymond wouldn't even be an nba player he would have gotten knocked out of the league after one dunk one time in the post and draymond would be out of the league uh the way that shack embarrassed him so i just that has been like venting in me forever because when it first was like running rampant through nba twitter i was just we weren't recording so i didn't have an avenue to vent but it's just one of the absolute 
dumbest, like, oh, take two players in their prime from different eras. How would they compete? And it's like, you can't make an argument for Draymond winning 10 out of 10 of those matchups. I mean, it seems like an argument that someone who hadn't seen Shaq in his prime would make, and they've just sort of like seen some of the games and seen right. some Maybe of the Maybe they watch like Cavaliers Shaq or Heat Shaq. Dude, like I would take prime Shaq number one overall of all players ever in the NBA. He Ooh, was completely saucy. unstoppable. There was, I mean, there's just no one like Big Ben Wallace guarded him and like shut him down, but those were under like sort of weird conditions and the Lakers weren't at full strength. Um, and you know, the Kobe Shaq feud, not that there's an asterisk by it, but it's like, I really don't think that anyone comes close to the runaway train, like a mountain who just woke up kind of force of nature. That was Shaq. It was, it was terrifying. Yeah. I think if, if Shaq and I know know there was, parallels drawn to zion in terms of just like a physical specimen who could just bully you down in the post and zion doesn't quite obviously have the post game that Shaq came into the nba with uh at this moment but i feel like if you took prime Shaq and he came into the league right now like he single-handedly would destroy the small ball like he would force teams to be like fuck we need to go out and get like an actual true center because otherwise Shaq is just going to you know put up 30 and 20 every night against us. I mean, he certainly would have tried to stay a little bit slimmer. I think Um, I would like, I would love to think that he would be absolutely dominant in this age, but it's all, you know, there, you have to recognize the possibility that it's like, no, he would be like Roy Hibbert. Like the game would just pass him by because he's not fast enough and he can't play on the court long enough. And, um, you know, that kind of wear and tear. Well, I'm the one who just said I would take him number one overall. <laughs> That's true. Over Jordan That's true. I don't have to really make too much of an argument. <laughs> it's just that, you know, like, and also, do you even need centers anymore? Right. Um, but the if it's Draymond versus Shaq head-to-head, and, like, we get prime Dre, so he's actually hitting his three-pointers, it just still feels like, you know, even though Ben Wallace guarded Shaq, he would still sh- take Shaq over Big yeah. Ben. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's also (laughs) like Dre can't score like Shaq did. No, no. Dre going into the post would just be, he would, it'd be like running into a brick wall. It's like, what was that picture? Oh, it was the picture of cat going up against, uh, DeMarcus cousins, like two years ago (laughs) where cats like trying his darndest to move him and cousins just standing there laughing. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, sometimes someone's just bigger and stronger than you are, like more solid. And like Dre is one of the smartest defenders ever. He is incredible. And if anyone can do it, I guess he could do it. But I don't believe he could. Like not for seven games. God, no, not even for seven minutes. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, since we're talking about Draymond and since we're talking about uh, who would you take, these are just expert segues that only the best of the best in the business can. Pull this is off. why they tune in, dude. It's not this even is, for like what no, we're talking about. Best. It's just to no. see your dissolves between one scene and another. Right. Exactly. No one cares about the actual basketball content we're talking about. It's just how well I transition from uh, subject to subject. Uh, we're going to take 
of the what eight teams that are not in the playoffs, we are going to draft. We're going to do an eight round, eight player draft. Uh, and both Natty and I are going to draft a team from the available players, not in the playoffs. And the goal is you want to make it as deep in this year's playoffs as possible. So we're not building teams for the future. We're not building teams for potential. We are building the best team right now to go into this Orlando bubble playoff and try to make as much noise and upset as much people as possible. Uh, We're going to assume everyone is healthy. So that throws like Blake Griffin back on the table. Everyone magically, the the injury slider is off. Everyone's magically uh, on the court again. And we have each picked our coaches. We taken the two, arguably the, is it arguably? No, not really. The two best guys, the, the two obvious yeah. number one picks. Uh, the two maybe, guys that it, we're not letting them be healthy. We're not right, getting exactly. Steph we're, and Clay. We're not getting Steph or Clay back. Uh, so they are our coaches. So Natty is drafting for Coach Steph, and I'm drafting for Coach Clay. Uh, and Natty, you know what? Because I'm a generous man, I will let you have the first pick of our snake eight-round draft. Who are you starting your perfect playoff team from the available players, which is the Hornets, Bulls, Knicks, Pistons, Hawks, Cavs, Timberwolves, and Warriors? Pick number one with that, Natty, you take. I am going, I have to, I'm going with the big cat. Yeah. We're going with Carl Anthony Towns, who will be healthy, will not play much, if any, defense, but... uh, (laughs) He's one of my faves. He's a boyfriend. Actually, he's not a boyfriend. I just really like his game. Uh, so yeah, I'm. Wow, that's I'm a all blow on the cat to big cats. Blow to big. Well, cats boyfriends are like dudes you believe in. You know, like you, you are with them on their journey. Like Cat came in and was already a sure. great offensive player. You know, like you have to. There here. has to be. There has to be like a, a an evolution, a process for you know Correct. for your for your love to really cement itself. If they come in like already beautiful. It's just kind of like, okay, yeah. well, that was, you know, what are we doing? Right, now? like LeBron can't be anyone's boyfriend. But Giannis is technically one of my boyfriends because I drafted him in our premier draft, I think, in my Ooh. main league. Yeah, and, you know, like I, the seventh pick or something. Like, he's a boyfriend, even though yeah. he's moved though on. He's, yeah, that's fair. He um, got too big. He literally, quite literally, he got too big for you. Yeah, um, two sizes. Jesus. <laughs> Number two, I thought this guy, I mean, I, it was up between two players in my mind for who was going to go first of all. And I'm, I figured you'd go with Kat and I'm glad you are because the playoffs, Natty, all that you need to happen in the playoffs is for one guy to just get flame throwing hot and suddenly your team is unstoppable. So with my first pick to go as far into the playoffs as possible, Trey Young. Trey Young is leading my team. Wow, uh, ice Trey. Deep into the playoffs this year. Okay, geez, that is really, I mean, he's seven minutes old and he can't play defense, but that's great because Big Cat can't either. So that's awesome. I love that. I, I just need him to just shoot flames from downtown. Clay Thompson's going to teach him how to play defense. We're in. Coach Clay has got this. That's a great point. If anyone can do it, it's Clay. Yeah. Clay and Trey. Oh, shit. I love that. <laughs> Fuck you. God damn it. Oh man, that's and that's our team name, Clay and Trey. Clay Trey. Dude, the Clay Train. The Clay Train. Sure. Yeah, we're in. All of the players you take should name should rhyme. I hope that happens. Oh fuck. Okay, let's see if I can do that. I'll I'll work yes. on that. Start over. To see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, no, currently I'm on fire. It's just whether or not I can keep that going. We are going to take a quick ad break. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, you mean you're on th- ice. Thank you very much. Oh, nice. Well done. Well done. Oh, and this is a state draft, too, which means I get to get oh, right. pick number three. And with pick number three, I am going to – oh, I, I forgot that this is how it's structured. Well, pick number three, I'm going to go. He's healthy. I'm going to take Blake Griffin. Uh, <sighs> he's going to be able to yeah. – first of all, I had to steal him from Natty. He's going to be able to obviously can play – Four, play the five for me if I want to go small. And the biggest thing that I, I feel like I often forget about Blake because of the fact that he's just been chronically injured since uh, heading over to the Pistons is the fact that like he was developing a pretty smooth three-point shot. Um, so he can yeah. he can shoot the ball quite well, uh, which was not true early in his career. Early in his career, he was you know down by the paint and had to do his alley-oops, but now shooting what? Last year... 2018-19 season, shooting 36% from three. I'll take that in seven attempts. Yes, please. Dude, distributing. Like, it's the yeah. dimes that I love. Like, he and Five Drum were kind of getting it. Yeah, he's turned into a point forward, and uh, I loved everything that I saw of him when he was healthy, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. that's a great – I mean, him and Trey together – yeah, that's is just pretty the pick and roll nice. game is going to be is going to be gorgeous there. That's pretty nice. Ugh, up yours. All right, pick number four. Okay, to counter your Blake, I will take Draymond. Uh, also, as a nice little compliment in the defense department to Big Cat, and I'm sure they'll get along just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, hmm. Just for those keeping track at home, Draymond was the fourth power forward on my board, so. I am not broken up that he is gone. The thing about Draymond is you can go fuck yourself. That's <laughs> that's the thing about Draymond. It, it would be nice if like healthy Draymond had his outside shot back. Uh, but you know, we're not we're not gonna worry about that. We want Dre to be there to shut down your best offensive players. You don't have Shaq, he'll be able to do that. Let's go, Dre. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's keep referencing everything to the you know ninety late nineties Bulls. Exactly. Draymond is your it, Draymond is your Dennis Rodman. Absolutely. Let's Play go defense, worm. Grab boards. Be crazy. And that I, I mean, they how he won how many championships? Dre's won how many championships? Yeah. Bing pot, nailed it. Uh, coming around on the snake. Pick number five for you. Pick number five. I don't have anyone in the backcourt yet. We will be going with the dentist, Zach Levine. Yeah, let's get some 25 points. 
who cares how you do it right on let's go hell, run 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 yes. he was, I love who his I was bad deba- attitude with Boylan too it's great he, he was my de- he was who I was debating with Blake but I was worried that Trey Young and Zach Levine in the sharing a backcourt together would be diminishing both of them you would just need like so many possessions right <laughs> and Trey would just be shooting from half court just to like try to speed up the game <laughs> So yeah, but I love that. I love that. Zach Levine playing playing with Dre and Big Cat. Again, you could get some really sweet pick and rolls with Big Cat and Levine going uh I mean, you wouldn't be able to crash down because Levine would either, you know, hit the boards or you'd have Big Cat wide open for the three. And I'm really hoping that like they sort of wouldn't get along, you know, more like 90s bulls, like oh, yeah. I, but I respect you so goddamn much. <laughs> like out on the court. What's the, We're what's brothers? The, uh, what's uh? What's Vince Vaughn's line from Anchorman? He's like, "I hate you, Ron Burgundy, but damn it, if I don't respect you." <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like that encompasses. That would encompass them. Um. All right. So that means I have mine up at pick six, and I feel like we now go to who the hell knows because we've kind of taken. I feel like we've taken most of the big name guys, unless I'm like. Or not big, like the the clear stars, the clear tops of the draft, and maybe I'm forgetting on some people. Yeah, I mean, so here's uh, who were all stars. Dar was an all star, right? D'Angelo yeah. Russell. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Love. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, D Rose. Yeah. Maple Jordan drum, but yeah, it's like this is. There's a reason these teams aren't going to Orlando. <laughs> also, that should be like a new saying we have. Like, well, they're not going to Orlando anytime a team sucks. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Anytime a team is not a playoff team. Well, they're not going to Orlando. Yeah. Like the next three Tigers seasons are going to be like, eh, they're not Orlando, but they're getting there. <laughs> they're not Orlando bound quite yet. But, you know, eventually, <laughs> eventually they could be. Um, all right. Well, then I am going to go with what about you? Pick six. Um, yeah, let's do it. Friend of the podcast. I'm gonna go PJ Washington. Oh, you him. absolute monster! Yeah, god damn you. I've loved too much of what he was doing, uh, with the Hornets during the season. You got Trey Young, PJ Washington, Blake Griffin. That's a that's a sexy young team there that's got some leadership. And uh, and some certainly plenty of outside shooting, which you know in this day and age, that's the name of the game. I just knew I should have taken him first. Fuck you, cat. God damn it. God <laughs> damn it. Um. All right. Then my next pick, pick seven. I am going to then sure up my shooting guard position, and I am going to leave the ball dominant D'Angelo Russell for you, Natty, and I'm going to take Malik Beasley, who I thought was playing Ooh. very well. We've talked a lot yeah. about him back on the show when he got traded to the Timberwolves playing off ball. And so I think he's going to be a great compliment with Trey Young in that backcourt. We love Malik. He we uh, love him. just so many mouths to feed in Denver. And it was really nice to see him uh, just explode out of the gate after he got yeah. traded. So I love that. That's great. Those are two of my guys. You, I mean, let's just cancel the pod. I don't want to keep going. <laughs> All right. I have Big Cat, Draymond, and Zach. I could use, like, some so-called wings, I believe that's what they're called. I believe that's the term, quote-unquote. Yeah. Okay, so we, first of all, will go with Miles Bridges. 
to counteract your PJ Washington. Sure. And we love Miles Bridges too. Like that, we do. They're that a dynamic a, duo. That's bad, so awesome. Not a bad pick at all. God damn. And then we will go <sighs> with Maple Jordan. God you damn son it. Of a bitch. <laughs> Because you know the one thing that Big Cat wants is to get reunited oh, with Wiggins. You know he loves himself some Andrew Wiggins. Jesus Christ. Well, you need wings. Yeah. Quote, unquote, wings. Okay. okay. All right. Zach Levine, yeah. Andrew Wiggins, Miles Bridges, Draymond, Big Cat. That's not a bad starting five. It's, uh, it's a starting five. That's it's, for sure. That's, those are They're words there. I would use to describe it. I mean, that is Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, like, it does sort of work. It just sort of depends on whether Zach's, like, willing to distribute more than have to, like, take the whole team on his shoulders. Mm, yeah. Well, we'll see. All right. So I have center position. I've got Trey Young, Malik Beasley, PJ Washington, Blake Griffin. I am not going to draft a traditional center. Instead, I'm going to get another front court guy who I think we could interchange, play a little small ball, have Blake and him on the court at the same time. John Collins is going to be my nice. next pick from the Hawks. Dar- fantasy darling for me. He was on the team that I took over that uh, I was doing really well on until the, uh, the league suddenly came to a halt, but uh, he can obviously play center. I think he has the size to do that, but also has the touch to be able to, uh, to stretch the court a little bit. So I like his, his pairing with this team. Nice. Yeah, it was God. I just remember talking about the Hawks so much before the season started and how much we love John Collins. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is just, I mean, we were right about the no defense and a lot of things change in Atlanta, I suppose. But um, John Collins was one of the best stories of the season for them. Um, and then because he's just sitting there, and I'm going to make him my sixth man, D'Angelo Russell. Come off the bench. You get to nice. run the offense when Trey Young needs to uh, take a rest, and uh, we can still utilize you. It's going to be a slight role reduce. You're going to have to accept this new role, D'Angelo, but I think that you can do it, and this is, you know, with you coming off the bench as our sixth man, this is, uh, you know, that's that's going to be the, the little perk that we have that's going to push us over the edge and help us win those extra extra games that we need to in order to continue down the playoffs this year. I like that. I like that. Perhaps the role he was born to play, really. Ooh, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe, 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 maybe. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like we didn't get to see Cat and Dar really, and Malik Beasley. God, Minnesota. Like it's it's not looking that terrible. Huh, but let's not get excited. That team let's sucks. Let's not get excited. They're not Orlando. <laughs> They're just not, not Orlando. Orlando soon. God, okay, this is the twelfth pick. I need Need an actual distributor, like a traditional point guard. So we'll go with D-Rose. Nice. And then, geez, you know, we could use a traditional center, I think. So let's go with Drum. Why not? I love you, Drum. All right. All right. Come home. He was not at all on my board, but sure. Uh, I, I like that. Isn't that amazing though? Like the, the boards leader for the season and like, you know what he can do. It's right. just that it's but not him, as I useful mean, as it used to be in this perfect, in this perfect world where all these players are happy with their reduced roles, like him coming off the bench 
I feel like that's I that's great. Yeah. He gives respite for Big Cat, and he the biggest thing too is that he can just come in and just annihilate the board, right? He can clean up because I feel like that's often a spot where it makes or breaks a team. Similar to like D'Angelo Russell being having a having a guy who can come in for that, you know, from the bench team for the second string team and like really lead that offense and create their own scoring while you're having subs on is huge. And I think the same is true. If you can have a guy on that second string unit who can get boards, who like will, you will not lose the rebounding battle when you put in your subs, which is huge because I think that's often a a spot where that can happen when you don't have as good a rebounding in your, in your bench. That was one of the rebounds was one of the other things that was going to be so interesting about this season because Houston basically just gave up on them. And Traditionally, you need to be able to rebound in order to be successful in the playoffs. Um, so if Houston's experiment had really worked where they're just like, yeah, we don't really care as much about the boards, uh, you know, it would have been fascinating to see that actually play out in the playoffs. Um, and I think that rebounds matter, but <laughs> like we're in an age of having to reevaluate things that we think we know. So, uh, Drum's a bit of a sentimental pick. I do think sure. that he's probably, he's either a bench player on a good team or a necessary starter for sort of a younger team. Um, like, Houston, like, would he, let's say Drum, I mean, if Drum was free, then, like, obviously they'd scoop him up. But it, Drummond's going to be so expensive next year because they'll obviously pick up his player option. Uh would Houston want a player that only rebounded? I don't think so. Like, I don't really even know he would provide a service to them, but I don't know if that's even the sort of player that they would value. I mean, it, it they could just be like, no, fuck it. We don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, can I give you a little breaking news, Natty? Yeah, please do. Uh, this is from Stefan Bondi uh, at S Bondi NYDN on Twitter. Uh, In a recent chat group with Nets players, Kyrie Irving lobbied for skipping the bubble, and the Daily News has learned. In that chat, he also proposed that the players can start their own league, according to a source. So Kyrie has now gone full galaxy brain and has decided to skip the NBA's planned playoffs, rightfully so. Every player is allowed to do that, and wants to create his own basketball league. So uh, let's see where this goes, Kyrie. Let's see where galaxy brain Kyrie takes us. (laughs) like he's not even the head of the union i don't even know if he's i don't think he's the brooklyn nets union rep maybe he is uh or players union rep i I will say this i am sure that in every single sports negotiation uh labor negotiation ever like someone's reminded ownership like well we could all just leave and do our own thing (laughs) yeah i don't think that's a threat Um, that they've not heard before yeah so like that is in one way it seems like oh of course well everyone says that all the time during um union management disputes on the other hand like again it's Kyrie. it's like my man like who's gonna run it where's it gonna be what name like will it be called will you be able to keep your stats how much money is good like you can throw it out there but if you can't answer like some practical questions, which is what he just asked in the last meeting of the NBA, then it's not going to go very far. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe he does have answers to all those things. Like maybe he 
Kyrie, Maybe as a plan, you, you shit. Have, right. If you have a plan for a whole new league that is entirely player driven and run, I'm here for it. Fuck it. Let's see what happens. I am I am all for with baseball, like more or less self-destructing. I am here for like these professional leagues to just take sudden and drastic changes to see what they can do to like reinvigorate uh engagement. There is a philosophical argument to be made that um a reevaluation of the sports leagues would actually be a really important example yeah. of the marches and protests working because totally. these leagues have been exploitative. They are exploitative. They totally take advantage of their workforce. The owners do nothing except really make things worse. Um, the They get to run it like a monopoly. There's no competition and they get to, you know, blackmail municipalities into giving them money that the players don't get and the players right. don't have that kind of leverage. The players that matriculate into those pro sports leagues aren't allowed to make money while they're in college, even though it's prime athlete years. So like the sports leagues are a microcosm of some of the things that are wrong right now everywhere, not just here. Uh, and you know, the disparity between how women get paid and how men get paid. Totally. Like that should absolutely be addressed. The women soccer team just lost Supreme court case, I think, but th this is a time for change. So yeah. if people want to start thinking about like how these leagues should be run rather than just how they have been run, like tradition is usually not a good enough reason to keep something going. Like you shouldn't just be like, well, that's the way it always has been to say no to change. Um, it's just that, you know, it's coming from Kyrie. <laughs> but hey, that's right. what you get man you want to like, be a that's troll that's what you get you know what maybe it takes Kyrie's galaxy brain to like get us in that crazy new pathway of a player run sports league that now suddenly there's no longer th things aren't run by old rich white men and they're instead run by the people who are actually creating the product I mean a novel idea here but yeah, maybe that's, yeah. maybe that's what it takes, is Kyrie's crazy-ass uh, thought process. Because the other thing, like, you can also describe Kyrie as someone who doesn't know anyone a good flying fuck. Like, right. he has a chip. <laughs> yeah. He's one of, he's taken one of the most important shots in NBA history. Right. Like, he's gotten massive contracts. He's still young. Um, he, you know, if there was never basketball and he never got paid again, he'd be just fine. Um, so he is in the enviable position of not having to give a fuck. He's also not going to be playing in the playoffs. So he can do whatever he wants with all of this. And like, why not? If you have leverage, you should use it. What the only thing holding him back is himself. And if he hadn't made those flat earth comments, and if he didn't have a reputation for being difficult in the locker room, although it's really, I think just sort of with the younger guys, um, then we'd probably be taking this much more seriously. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think- Like, what if it was Chris Paul saying this? That, then we'd be going like, oh, fuck, People holy would be shit. Like, yeah, totally, totally, 100%. You're 100% right. Um, but not to interrupt our, not to interrupt our more important non-playoff draft. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the other that. thing. If, if he did do, if like, let's say they did it, you know, and like there's no NBA and it's a player's- oh league and they just started over do they the then draft have a massive draft oh that would, would be, the, be the cool because like how would it work would it be players choosing teams 
it would so like it would rather than teams choosing players oh my god um, that would be people would i mean you know how like people were kind of all excited for for like the lebron Giannis drafts for the all-star games and right they, yeah they haven't done as great like i feel like there should be more smack talking or you should they should be there should be, oh they like, want it to be a, disney for as long right. as lebron's gonna be there like he right. he's not going to swear or anything like, no, or but like i want i want like live feeds of all the players when they're getting drafted so that every time russell westbrook is the oh, last funny. player drafted he just starts shouting fucks um but anyway yeah and then you could do it like in the hockey draft like last man drafted <laughs> right but yeah you're right like, like here's a car having a having a complete redrafting of the nba would just be i mean that rivals even my fucking quarantine bubble reality show everyone loves drafts although we might have to like use a different word if we were going to change because it wouldn't be it prop i don't know if it would be teams drafting people it might be the other way around like i want to play for the knicks oh. i don't care if they're shit i'm gonna go there and play for the that knicks. would be interesting so you think it wouldn't be a draft it would just i mean that's what puts more power into the players hands it wouldn't be a draft it would be a just play everyone player gets released to free agency and then it's up to teams and ownership to like recruit and and build your team yeah, I mean, it could, and then it's sort of, the money would be more a function of like, okay, well, I want to play for New York, right. I will take less money, because I know that I get, I'm not going to get traded, like I could, right. I mean, who who even knows if trades would even really work anymore, like the whole paradigm would change, it would be amazing, it would be would incredibly be fascinating, but the best thing about it would be that the basketball would still be basketball, so while some of, there might it be could like even some be rule like changes. more than basketball. It would just be, you know, it's like they're not going to change the house. Yeah, right. the, they're the just redecorating some of the rooms, if that makes sense. Exactly. No, that was a perfect analogy, Natty. Um, all right, well, let me finish up. Let's. <laughs> oh, yeah, pick as, 14. As we're, Sorry. To do, as we're wont to do on this show and go on random tangents, let's finish up this draft. Uh, I have two picks left, and with my two picks, I am going to take a backup point guard we're going to take jeff teague uh, oh wow all right i'm a big teague fan and i mr and I, professional and I, absolutely i trust his yes exactly you took the words right out of my mouth Tr- trust his uh, leadership and veteran status and then as my final pick of the draft i going to get a guy who's probably not going to give me too much offense maybe he will but what he's going to give me is just rim protection to the maximum and that's going to be mitchell robinson mm, yes sir Give mitch rob yeah i had him right after john collins on my list nice he is a super exciting young player and just another example of like some the knicks sort of draft better than they have a reputation for they but they like fall into players and they and then they somehow just squander it right yeah, yeah, yeah. of course yeah, no, you're totally right, though. Like, if you look at the players who they have drafted, all of them, you have, like, an avenue of there being that potential coming to light. But it's just like, do you trust the Knicks not to get in their own way and somehow, like, cripple them and hinder them? Which They, they drafted Kristaps Porzingis. I know. They traded Kristaps Porzingis for oh. draft picks and for the opportunity to, like, make big free agent moves this summer. Oh my and God. last summer, and oh it's just God. a gigantic catastrophe. <laughs> like, it's so it's just, funny. It's just so bad. It's amazing. God, uh, ancient Taj Gibson, whatever. 
whatever. Final <laughs> final pick in our in our 2020 non-playoff team draft. Who are you taking? Okay, these these are the players that I have less on my list. I mean, sure. left on my list, excuse me. Kevin Love, I should yep. probably take him. Otto Porter Jr., who went yep. healthy, I feel is like a, an extremely competent complimentary player. Uh, Tomas Sadoransky, like a guard with size who can distribute. Um, who else is on here? Devontae Graham's available, the finisher, Clint Capella, Alfred Payton. But I think we have to go with K-Love because a yep. player of that caliber, fully healthy, um, can, you know, obviously help you win a ring. Hey, so, yeah, we're going with Kevin played, Love. He played the best defense that Steph Curry has ever seen on him. So he just needs to rise to the occasion. And, yeah. you know, now that he's on Team Curry, maybe right. that will always be the case. Especially like since he's side-by-side with, with Draymond. Yeah, you've sneakily drafted a lot of Warriors onto this Team Curry. Well, you know. Too. <laughs> well, Wiggins. I mean, yeah, like, exactly. it's just... It's yeah, peeling back. It's so hard to draft with these players because it's so limited. And you real, I I mean, I was really looking for some people and trying not just to take like rookies, uh, just because they're I'm so in love with some of them. Like Like, another player that's Julius Randle. We yeah, he was a guy on my list. He was a guy on my list. Yeah, Tristan Thompson, Christian Wood for Detroit was doing great. Um, Let's see. Oh, Terry Rozier. Yeah, Terry and I have a falling out, but yeah, I understand. But he was looking like was not looking, playoff scary Terry, he but he was looking better, better. a yeah. lot better. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I like your team too. That's, I you. mean, Ice Trey and Blake just seems so nice, sexy to me. Nice way to start. Yeah. So uh, before we go, let's, let's, let's recap the draft. I got Trey Young and Jeff T at point guard, Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell at shooting guard, PJ Washington, small forward. Blake and John Collins at the power forward, and then Mitch Robinson at center. And Natty, you've got uh, Zach Levine, D Rose at point guard, Andrew Wiggins, Miles Bridges, small forward, uh, power forward, Draymond and Caleb, and then Big Cat and Drummond in your back court. Both of those squads are pretty good. Uh, I would enjoy we'll, watching a seven game series with those teams. Yeah. And we'll drop a poll on Twitter. So make sure you go follow us at the long two podcast. We'll drop a poll and you guys can vote as to which of our teams would make it further in this year's playoffs. Uh, that's all we got. So make sure you subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We are there. We are the under the fake teams podcast channel. So look for that. Drop a review. Give us five stars because you love us. Um, and we will be back at you next week. Natty, until then, stay safe. Stay safe and healthy. God bless the marchers. Keep marching, everybody. Amen. Amen.